Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fire in the Former Flint podcast. My name is Jay Ashton, alongside Mark Ashton again. We're here to recap the last two episodes of Survivor. We have three people that just got voted off. So, do we just want to get right into this? We do. So, two episodes ago, we had one of the craziest episodes, I'd say maybe in Survivor history. Quite possibly. Because we had one of the craziest tribals uh, for somebody that got voted out, which we'll get to. So, in the double elimination episode that happened two weeks ago, uh, you had three tribes competing in a challenge, but only one would get immunity. And that tribe was Yara. They did a great job on the ball rolling Correct. challenge. Sophie did a great job with that. She landed two balls in the uh, three possible holes. And... It was a great performance by their entire tribe. So that means to call and Sele go to tribal council that night. And we have a crazy moment where Denise and Sandra are talking because Sandra's idol only has w- one more tribal council that she could use it at. That's right. And she needs some fire tokens. So she looks at Denise and says, I'll sell this to you for two fire tokens. But she was smart. <laughs> yeah. She says, I will give you one fire token now, and then another one after tribal. Right. Which makes sense. It, it, it sounds like a smart idea. I'm giving you one now, and once I know for sure I'm safe, you will get the other one. Yes. What's hilarious about it is at that very tribal council, all the votes were placed on Denise. She used the idol after only paying one fire token. And then she used her vote on Sandra to vote her out. She did, but don't forget there was another key moment in there. She had two idols. She did have two idols, and she played the other one for Jeremy. Correct. Which uh, solidifies their relationship together. I think that was more of a symbolic move than just a move to protect them, because I think she went into that tribal knowing it was going to be her. Right. Although, that was a savage move. It was such a savage savage move. move. Probably one of the best moves ever played in Survivor history. And she did it to the queen. She did. A two-time winner. The only two-time winner to this point. That's right. And to, to this point, we will have a two-time winner at the end of this season. Right, because now she's out of the game. And now this didn't happen in that episode, but it is worth mentioning that once Sandra was voted out, she decided to leave the edge. It was just too much. I have read a couple... Uh, uh, reports from her just saying that it was like she was just looking at everybody that was on that <laughs> island and it was like no there's just no way <laughs> yeah. this is happening and I think she said she was there less than two hours before <laughs> she raised the flag so it might be the closest in history all I care about is I got a couple points off of Sandra doing that because she was the first to leave <laughs> right which I, th- I think it's interesting because she's really probably the only player on this season that I could have seen doing that I, I don't absolutely. I do not believe that there is anybody else out there that is not going to fight tooth and nail, right? Unless somebody is just like too hungry, too sick, too tired, and they just don't feel that they could possibly compete like her. But she looked around. You've got some strong people on that island, and a lot of them are old school players too. That's correct. So another way that we can look at this though is maybe she didn't quit the game. She's just sitting out the edge of extinction challenge 
That's correct. <laughs> she set up pretty much every challenge. And yeah. it's like all the Facebook groups and all the other the Reddit users that are just, they were tired of her sitting out. Well, yeah. She she made history by sitting out for good. They they named they named the bench after her the ceremonial Sanford bench. That's correct. I think it will always be known as the Sanford bench. <laughs> it has to be. So the queen will have a bench named after herself. <laughs> She's done a lot in this game, and to add to her resume, she had a bench named after her. There you go. She should be very proud of what she's done, though. She's had an incredible survivor career. Uh, she was incredible last season that. She was with Boston Rob, that's just true. providing that kind of content. That's true. And I think one of the things that she had said was that she was out there for 39 days, although not playing. She was gone from home for 39 days. There was a two-week layoff. Mm -hmm. And then she went, was it 14 days or so? Maybe? It was 18 days. 18 days. So it was 18 days, and she was like, I think I just had enough. Yeah. Like she was done. I felt that she was going to do that regardless, but certainly the 39 days that she spent on the previous season takes a toll, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, there's only two weeks in between. Right. So, that was, I thought, a very, very interesting episode. We also had incredible content on the edge before Sandra got there. When Tyson found a fire token, his first fire token on the edge, and he used it to buy peanut butter. <laughs> That was a great scene of uh, him just lapping up the peanut butter, getting stronger, and nobody knows he's got the peanut butter at all. Like nobody knows that Tyson got peanut butter. And it was it was just funny, like how like he he pretended to tingle. He he said he stuck it into the waistband of his man panties. That's correct. <laughs> that he just bought peanut butter with it. He he's a very funny guy, but I also think that that's really going to help him knowing that this upcoming episode is going to be the merge, someone's going to get back in the game, that peanut butter can legitimately help him it can. going forward. Correct. I don't know how the fire tokens will play into all this. Um, obviously, maybe there'll be advantages for a certain number of fire tokens that they have to play into that game. Right. Uh, if that's the case, Natalie's got a great advantage there because I think she might be the queen of the fire token right now. <laughs> she is. And I... That's personal, but I would actually like to have her back in the game of anybody that's over there on the edge. Uh, I would totally agree with that, but that's both personal and the fact that I have her in our survivor pool. Uh, <laughs> but, so, during that challenge, we have Wendell telling Jeff, watch this. Like he, I, I, I like Wendell a lot, but Wendell this season has turned into a villain. He has, and he's done it on his on his own. It's his own hand. Nobody else's. Right. And, and in the middle of a challenge, when they're doing the ball rolling, he says, hey, probes, watch this. And then he drops the ball immediately in one of the holes. <laughs> so that was just a little bit of a side note, but it's kind of a, another example of how Wendell's been significantly different than from Ghost Island. Yes. Because I thought that he was a very likable character on Ghost Island. Absolutely. I think that he's got a little bit of a disadvantage because Michelle and him had dated before and there's definitely uh, tension. I don't know if it's positive or negative. It appears far more negative. Although I have this theory that maybe. Which, and I agree with you, and we're going to get into that a little bit once we recap some more stuff. So, like we said, Denise only had to spend one fire token to vote out Sandra. Um... Sandra then gives her fire token to Yule. And then we have another tribal council where we see Wendell and Michelle working. 
and they decide to vote out Parvati. Now, Wendell and Parvati had discussions like Parvati made a, tried to make a deal with Wendell. Hey, vote with me tonight, and I'll give you some fire tokens. Ultimately, a deal fell through. Then they bring it up at Tribal Council. Again, nothing happens. And she gets, uh, I believe, four votes? Possibly four, yes. I believe she got four votes. So she got voted out from that tribe. And then in this upcoming Tribal Council, we have another deal going on between Wendell and Michelle that's incredibly interesting with the other person that they decide to vote out. So in this week's uh, challenge, we have the water challenge where you've got the disc. They're all holding it, and you have to go back and forth and try and dump water in. It's a very heavy disc. Yes. And Sarah and Sophie have the brilliant idea of let's pour as much water as we can into this, take it as slowly as possible, make sure not a drop of water gets out of this, and then we're going to dump it and hope that that one time is enough. And they did. Watching that back is like they were so methodical about it. And and even Jeff was uh, like, oh, it's just like they're being lapped and so forth. And it's like, but doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they even were careful how they did the pour. Yeah. I don't think they lost an ounce of water. And that helped dominate the challenge for them. Because they were the first to get the puzzle pieces. And then they were the first to finish the puzzle because Ben and Sophie did a great job on that. So they've got immunity locked up and then we have a photo finish at the end between Sele and DeCall where DeCall with Denise and Jeremy just finished the puzzle pushed the last piece in right as Michelle and Wendell are trying to put in the last and, piece and again Wendell's calling for Probst hey Probst look over here right because he's trying to get his attention but they were not done yet mm-hmm. and just by that fraction of a second that was all it took now it what I will say is it, sometimes it's arrogance with Wendell, which which is kind of frustrating because I, I liked him on Ghost Island more as far as his personality and, and what he, he showed us on that season. But he did have one of the challenges on Ghost Island where he was the first to finish. He looked at it, forgot to call Probst, and ended up losing. That's so right. that's something that he has been adamant about making sure that doesn't happen again on this season. I feel like that was one of those examples, but the previous challenge was a complete show-off because that was the second ball. It wasn't like they were going to finish. Like Yes, absolutely. So only one tribe goes to tribal council, and we see, unfortunately, one of the most likable players I feel in Survivor. It might be in history. Possibly. I, I think he's a very likable character. Yule gets voted out. Another old school player going to the edge of extinction. Plus he's got this narrative with Jonathan Penner and his wife. It's just like yeah, unbelievable what he has done for them. So it's like, how could you not, if you didn't like Yule before, you definitely love the guy now. Right. And even like just watching his season, I don't really know like anything that he did on that season that would really make you not like Yule. Correct. I think he's a very likable person, very well-spoken, incredibly intelligent, understands the game very well. And I also feel like he is an old-school player because that's the era he played in, but I also felt that he was before his time. The way he played the game. The way he played the game kind of represents what New School Survivor is a lot about because it was mainly social. He wasn't a challenge beast in Cook Islands. He found an idol and was able to rally troops and play an incredible social game, was very likable, and 
started to cut people's throats towards the end, and that got him to the end with Ozzy. Right. Poor Ozzy. Poor Ozzy. <laughs> Speaking of likable players, Ozzy. Ozzy the best. <laughs> yes, absolutely one of the best. <laughs> so, Yule and Parvati in back-to-back tribals get voted out. So now we're going to get a merge into next week. And that means one player is going to return from the edge. If you had to guess, who do you think it would be? You know, Natalie, 100%. Although, at this point, though, because of things that I've seen, I would put Tyson as a close second. Absolutely. he He's, he's uh, very physical. I think that peanut butter that nobody knows that he had <laughs> yeah. could play into this. It just depends. It's all about spirit, too, but... And then again, it's like the challenge is not going to be an easy challenge to get back in the game. No, it's it just, you're going to have to, it's going to be physical, it's going to be endurance, and then you're going to have a hard puzzle at the end. Correct. They do not make it easy to come back in the game. They do not. But it would be exciting to have one of those players come back. And just, it's interesting that you brought up Tyson because I actually think Tyson's going to be the one that comes back. Okay. I like Tyson a lot, and I love Natalie. I feel like this is actually going to go, Tyson comes back in the next episode, and Natalie's going to be the second person who comes back later on in the game. That would be wonderful. And hopefully Jeremy is still there waiting for her. That would be incredible, because that's an alliance she can just go right right into. into. Absolutely, yes. So speaking of alliances, now that we're going to have a merge, assuming that it's, let's just assume that it's just 11 people. And not count in Natalie or Tyson, because we don't know who's back in yet. Of the 11 players right now, who do you think will align with each other? Well, I believe that right now you're going to see like Sophie and Sarah stay together. Right. And I honestly, after rewatching that challenge, they formed a, a tight four. Mm-hmm. You know, so Adam, you know, and... Uh, and, and Ben. And Ben, it's like the four of them. It's like that, they could ride that if they want to. I think they could. And the other thing that Ben and Adam need to consider is, who are they going to go to besides those two? That's correct. I don't really think either of them have a relationship that they could cling on to with anybody specific. So if you're looking at this as smartly as possible, they should just stick with Sophie and Sarah and then see probably Tony's going to come by because of Sarah. That's possible. I I have this opinion or mindset that Tony may be the next to go. I think so too. Just because of him being a uh, power player. But again, if he you know if Sarah brings them into their group or whatever, like he's going to be a major shield for them. He is, and that helps those two get further in the game. And I also feel that with Ben can be advantages. Yeah, Ben can be a shield too because Ben is a, a, a good physical player. Sometimes his survivor IQ has been questionable uh, in terms of strategy and whatnot. But he he did win his season, and he is a very good player. So that's something that could be very advantageous for those two as well. Absolutely, and I do think that he's played smarter as he's gone along. So um, it's it's interesting. Once, Once you get one tribe in a major merge like that, it's interesting to see how things line up. What, what players go back to their former tribes, which ones stay together. But uh, just looking at those four and, you know, with Sarah and Sophie both having an advantages going into that, um, mm-hmm. it's, that's something going to be something to watch, you know. And did Denise uh, make her move too early? And she has not. That's true, because she, she may have put a, a target on her back. Quite possibly. 
But like we said, Tony could be a shield for her just to give her enough time to maybe repair that as well. Absolutely. And she, you know, she's got Jeremy's back. I mean, Jeremy's going to like definitely yeah. watch with her. They're, they're playing together. So, you know, after she saved him, he's very loyal. He's one of the most loyal players probably in Survivor history. He's so, never backstabbed anybody. No. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, just that dynamic. So as far as going into like who gets voted out next week, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. And another player who becomes very interesting in all of this is Kim. Because I'm kind of wondering, where does she go from this? Does she kind of stick with uh, Tony and uh, Denise and Jeremy? Is she looking to maybe re-up with somebody else that she was with earlier in the game? Because she was out of the loop early on. She was. I felt, though, in the last couple episodes that she's gotten back in. And I can see Jeremy kind of like pulling her in with Denise and saying, okay, let's all stay together. Right. Um, Tony may be a different story, but <laughs> we don't know what Tony's going to do. He's a wild card. He's, a, he's his, probably the biggest wild card we've ever seen in Survivor. Yes, especially in this season. Because we, we, so this is the third time we've seen Tony. His winning season, he was incredible because he was very paranoid, kind of all over the place, but found idols, won challenges, and got to the end. His second season, he was the second person voted off because he was playing too hard. And this season, he's kind of laid back his approach. Just been funny, Tony. Yes. And Spy Shack Tony. Spy Shack. He did have the Spy Shack moment. I, I, need, I need one more of those, at least, please. <laughs> Which was absolutely incredible. I loved it. Uh, but he, he's definitely laid back. But Survivor player, these are all winners. They're very smart. Yes. At some point, they're going to realize we cannot let Tony get further and gain any power. No, because if he gets down to the end, it's going to be tough, you know, and he's not bad at challenges. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And then we get to the final alliance that we wanted to talk about, which is Michelle and Wendell. Correct. Do they or don't they have an alliance? I know that they dated before. Right. But it's like, this could be very good. It's like people said, well, it didn't end very well, but you can come in there and say, you know, you can do a lot. Uh, two divided could do more together sometimes. It's mm -hmm. like uh, if Michelle, you know, they took Yule out, okay, yeah. and they took him out at tribal pretty much. They so, did. So you know, it was like, what do they have? I mean, you know, are they playing together or are they not? It's like you can make an argument for both, but uh, I would think it would be genius if they were playing together but making it look like they weren't. Because I think that's exactly what they're doing. Because I, th I think Michelle's a very smart player. She is. Michelle, if she's as smart as I think she is, isn't going to just go with Wendell over Yule if she's not secure in that. If she's not totally 100% positive that this is exactly what we're doing. We're going to give the appearance that we're bickering all the time, that we dated before and it ended poorly, and that we were barely getting along. But secretly, we're giving each other information and we're trying to create this alliance that is going to carry the two of us to the end. Absolutely. And we just watched the challenge again. And in that challenge, when she was working with Wendell, there was one word that she said to him that may have given me the impression that something might not be what it looks like. And she had called him babe. Well, she calls a lot of people babe. Does she? She, she said like in previous challenges, she called people babes. Okay. So I, I didn't think anything of that. I just took it after listening to it as maybe some kind of a form of endearment or whatever. So, but right. 
You know, it's like if they're playing together, yeah, but if they're playing together and they're making it look like they're, you know, kind of like uh, on the outs, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's very intelligent in my opinion. Or perhaps maybe that is something she just calls him and maybe she slipped up at some point and was like, well, I got to call everybody babes now. Perhaps. I had never caught it before, so it just kind of stood out since we had just watched that ch- challenge again. Right. Because that would be a very smart thing if you're calling him the same thing that you call everybody else then that's just another way that people don't detect it correct because if she's just calling him babe and calling nobody else that then that would raise some red flags because all these players are smart they're gonna gonna pick up on that at least one of them is absolutely so we have 11 players left we're going to get another one back in this next episode, it's going to be incredibly interesting. I'm very, very excited for it. So I'm excited as well. And it's like the three best words in all the Survivor: drop your buffs. buffs. I, I can't wait for it. It, it. The other thing is, we've seen players get to work in, in in seasons when the merge comes, and it's interesting because you see people go back to original alliances, try and form new ones. We've seen voting blocks on certain seasons, which What's I've never it? been a fan of. But right. I understand. I understand why they had them and why they right. work. I'm it's like set your alliance and stay with your alliance. Yeah, and be tight with your alliance. Just no matter what, no matter who's coming at you, no matter what's being said, just stay with your alliance and trust in the alliance that you're building or you're built. Because if you're building an alliance, you're building it off of an initial trust. Yes. So you want to be able to build on that trust and have that not break. Uh, I mean, I've, I've mentioned Wendell's season before, just comparing him now to his other season. That season, him and Dominic were on the bottom right from the get-go. Yes. And they gained power through some of the relics on uh, Ghost Island, some of the idols that they found. And they worked their way to the top. And they wanted to like try and get rid of each other because they knew, hey, if we go to the end together, like I don't want to be sitting next to you. But at the same time, they were never in a position to really do it. So they just stuck together till the end. Till the end. And it went down. And that's why it, it, that was the first and only tie in Survivor history. Correct. So I think it's important that you have good alliances like that. Obviously, towards the end, you'd like to be able to get rid of some of these people. But... Uh, you had to pick the right time. Unfortunately, neither of them could do it because they both had idols with five remaining, so they couldn't really wiggle anything from there. But that's it's definitely a strategy that's worked in the past, and that's something I would do if I were to play Survivor. Absolutely. So as we are just about wrapping up this, who do you think has got a chance to win this all? Going win it all. I, I just The more and more I watch it, the more and more I'm just like, Sophie's going to win this, right? Sophie's playing an incredible game. She's got shields around her, and it doesn't feel like anybody has really put a target on her back. The one thing I noticed from Adam was he was so paranoid about an idol, but he never asked Sophie if she had it. No, the person that he should have asked if she had it. He was after Ben and Sarah the whole time. Never once did he ask, Sophie, do you have it? Correct. So he's going to go into this merge still thinking that she doesn't have it, so... Right. He may go into this merch thinking that Sarah's got it. Correct. Yes. Or, or Ben. And that might make him a little paranoid and he may, may screw it up from there. But I just feel like Sophie has gone completely under the radar and she has so much power and a good alliance. 
she's going to get deep, and I think if she if she gets to the end, she's going to win. I definitely, I would definitely agree with that. It was like my guy Jeremy. I, you know, he's still in it, but it depends if he has to make bigger moves, bigger targets. Right. He, I like Jeremy a lot. I don't really feel he's done anything so far this season that would make me feel like he's gonna win. He's definitely got to make some moves now that we're at the merge to build his case. Yes. And I'm also a little concerned about his alliance because I feel like Sophie's alliance is solid. I feel like Jeremy is with some people right now that may or may not be in on the alliance and may or may not be the right people because Denise is going to get a target. If Tony decides to stay with them, he's a huge target. And we're not so sure what Kim's really going to do. I don't know. It's like she's been a little bit of a, I'd say, a, a, a coattail rider this time. But, you know, Jeremy's smart enough to say, hey, listen, if I'm looking at this, is like I do want to stay close with Tony. I do st- want to stay close with Denise because they're definitely going to have bigger targets than I am. Right. And if I have to turn on them, so be it. Right. So I think, now, is that your prediction that you think Jeremy's going to win? I want Jeremy to win. I agree with you on Sophie. Sophie has played... A brilliant game so far and obviously we still have a lot of survivor to go right and things can shift and change but if we had to say today which i asked the question as of today um i think i'm in 100 agreement with you that sophie's looking like somebody that will win and for some reason i just got this whole female thing it's like i think the winner of the survivor is going to be female i think so too and it that would be the first female winner since sarah did it on Game Changers. And wouldn't it be wonderful for her to get it back? That back? would be incredible. It that would. would be incredible if that were to happen. So if so, we both think Sophie's going to win. If you had to predict the two other players to be at the end, who would you say? Um, unless something happens, I, def- I definitely see Sarah there. And I could see Tony there as well. Depends if, if Tony comes back in with Sarah. But I, I think unless something changes and, and uh, she feels she's got to get rid of her, I think that they got a tight enough alliance. The two of them, though, towards the end, they're both savvy enough to know that they're probably not going to want to go to tribal, right. the final tribal, with each of them sitting by each other. Exactly. Although, that's... I disagree with that. I think you should have the three best players. Yeah, that's... Make your argument. And it's, it's happened before, you know? It's like, just take the best players to the end. Which, but at the same time, you also have the argument of Wu did that in uh, Kagayan, and uh, he ended up getting blown out by Tony. This is true. It was so, a, that was a fatal error on his part. That was and a fatal was, error on his part. He could have easily taken Cass and clean swept that. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of interesting just thinking about these small, like these these decisions. Just one decision, and this season could be completely different. We could have Wu on this season instead of Tony. This is true, and I, it'd be great to see him again because he did do so good when he came back. No, so. he really didn't. But I think. If I had to pick my final three, so I obviously have Sophie. I believe one player who comes back from the edge will be in the final three. So I'm going to go with Natalie. I may be a little biased on that, but I'm going to go with Natalie. And I I think it might be an all-female final three. So if I had to, I think it would be Sophie, Michelle, and Natalie. That's interesting. We'll have to see. Yeah. We will have to see. I'm very excited. Things are are starting to take shape, but at the same time, it's as wide open as it's ever been. Absolutely. And these episodes become even more important because we've got no place to go. Exactly. So 
Uh, hope it, Survivor just got their highest ratings uh, since one of the episodes of Ghost Island because wow. of the coronavirus. I think they got like 9 million views. That's amazing. But they're consistently always in the top 10 every single year. That's yeah. why I love it, and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's not going anywhere for a while. Hopefully long enough that I can play on it. <laughs> Season 43. Season 43. <laughs> so thank you guys very much for listening in again to the Fire in the Form of Fun podcast. I'm Jay Ashdown, alongside Mark Ashdown. Thank you for having me once again. It was wonderful. Thank you for coming on once again, uh, keeping this uh, podcast alive while uh, we're stuck in the quarantine because of the coronavirus. Survivor's helping keeping us sane. Absolutely. Thank you, Survivor. <laughs> Thank you very much, especially you, Jeff Probst. See you guys. <laughs>